Hello, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of The Director's Cut, brought to you by the Directors Guild of America, featuring today's top directors sharing behind-the-scenes stories of their latest films and insights into the craft of directing. Please take a second to subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts. In this episode, Casey Lemons takes us behind the scenes of her new thriller, Harriet. The film tells the extraordinary true story of Harriet Tubman, a slave who escaped her captors. After finding liberty in the North, Tubman then risked her freedom and her life to return to the South and relied upon her courage, ingenuity, and tenacity to free hundreds of others and change the course of history. In addition to Harriet, Ms. Lemons' directorial credits include the feature films Eve's Bayou, The Caveman's Valentine, Talk to Me, Black Nativity, and episodes of the series Shots Fired and Luke Cage. Following a recent screening of the film at the DGA Theater in Los Angeles, Ms. Lemons spoke with director Rick Famuyiwa about filming Harriet. Listen on for their spoiler-filled conversation. Uh, good evening. Uh, I, I know you guys enjoyed that because uh, Casey's work on this film was uh, incredible. I've seen it twice. I saw it at the premiere and I said, I got to take my kids to see this movie because uh, just to, to see Harriet come alive in this way was important. And uh, and so congratulations on, on a great film. And uh, I guess we're just going to talk and hang and Great. and, and uh, <laughs> shoot the shit about Harriet and, and the process and everything else. Um, so first, as always, I, I'm always curious about origin stories. So where, where did this come from in terms of uh, you telling this story? Um, what was, what was there? I guess I'll just let it come from you just yeah. to get what the, what the beginning of this was for you? Well, for me, in some ways, it was a different process than anything I've been involved with before and that I got invited onto it. Um, they were very determined to, two producers that were very determined to make the movie, two women producers, Deborah Martin Chase and Daniela Toplin Lumberg. And um, they had a script that they, they, they knew they wanted to, somebody to come in and, and, and um, wrangle it and bring a vision and, because the script had been written decades before. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting is that, that Gregory Allen Howard had written the script in the 90s. Yeah. And, and his vision was Harriet Tubman as a superhero. But it was really before three major biographies on Harriet had been written. So he didn't have access. Um, and I also think in the 90s it wasn't as important as it is now yeah, to get stuff funny. right. Mm -hmm. So... Um, so it, it was a little general, and it was and it was not um, her story okay. as much as it needed to be. So they brought me on, and I the first thing I did was research, yeah. and I did um so I did seven months of research, and I read everything and I, everything, every biography and every um, academic paper and and um, everything on the Underground Railroad, and really tried to find what was her story. And I, I didn't know if these things were going to um, go together well. But as it turns out, the action adventure story was inherent to her story. Exactly. And so the detail and texture 
and the, the womanhood and, um, and what was specific that I found exciting that I didn't know about Harriet, um, that, that, that wasn't, you know, necessarily in his script and that wasn't what, what children are taught or what young adults are taught about Harriet. Those are things that I found really interesting, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, it was the when uh, I went to the first screening of it. Mm-hmm. You had mentioned that notion of of Harriet Tubman as a as a superhero, mm-hmm. and sort of the the idea of how that shaped the story. So, just talk a little bit about that concept and how, if any, that drove the the storytelling. Because obviously. Yeah. You think of a superhero film or yeah. you think of that genre, there's certain things that you sort of, you know, immediately associate that you might not think of when you're thinking of uh, Harriet Tubman. But once you said it, I said, hmm, this, that, that's certain, there's something about that that makes sense. The beauty of it was when I went into the research, it didn't drive the storytelling. Yeah, yeah. It was inherent in the story. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is an action-adventure story. I mean, it just is. There's jeopardy, there are high stakes, yeah. it's life and death. You know what I mean? So so the, the, the interesting thing for me was that it didn't have to be imposed or artificial. Yeah. It was kind of there in the story. So really what I was trying to bring was, you know, this woman. Yeah. That's what I was trying to bring. I was trying to bring you as if you had lunch with her. Like, you know, how close can you get to yeah. the woman who is doing these incredible things? Mm-hmm. Um, and and within, you know, a form that's interesting and engaging. Did you have any sense of, yeah, because, you know, there have been several stories that have been written and told in this era and about slavery or about, um, you know, whether it's a, whatever, a specific historical figure mm-hmm. or a, a fictionalized version, this is, you know, there's been some films and television that have sort of dealt with this. So how much in your mind were you thinking about what's preceded this and how much either through that notion or others were you thinking about um, how to sort of tell this or redefine this in a different way? Well, what I knew um, was that we'd had very good um, representations of physical violence against enslaved people. That has been done very well. And so I was not trying to um, necessarily give you that again because I thought that in a weird way, I, I, it can be dehumanizing. Yeah. In, in a weird way, it can be, you know, I didn't want to give you slavery porn. You know, yeah, I, wanted, yeah. I wanted to give you what I found um, incredibly heartbreaking. And that was the choices that people had to make every day and the separation that people had to deal with every day in terms of their families. Yeah. You know, so, so a lot has been written and, and, um, and filmed about the damage, for instance, to men's bodies or to black bodies. But I feel like what, what did it, it do to your psyche to yeah. watch your sisters being, you know, I mean, I know I love my family. We all love our family. So that's the thing. Once I realized that this is a family story, you know, I thought that was really powerful and really accessible. Like we can all relate to that. And and what does it do to you when you have to leave your wife right after she had a baby yeah. to, you know, because you're going to be sold or, or you or, or, you know, her real the real story of her sister, Rachel, who wouldn't leave her children and all the reasons why people didn't run. I mean, I think there's kind of this some kind of stupid conjecture out there about, you know, People would have run, you know, yeah. if they, you know, they chose slavery or whatever. People had many, many reasons. As a matter of fact, 
one of the reasons that um, the slave masters were so eager to have the enslaved people procreate was because that was a way of controlling them because people, you know, you couldn't run with your kids. You couldn't, you know, so what, what do those choices feel like? So I really wanted to investigate a different type of violence, you know, um, than I'd seen before. Yeah, no, it's, it's, yeah, I think this was, uh, you know, it's, it's been, it's the 400 year Mm. anniversary since the first slaves arrived and there was an incredible piece that the, the New yeah, York great. Times did. Uh, and, and you sort of start thinking about the ideas of, of slavery mm-hmm. very differently and what the effects were and what the sort of reality was. Mm-hmm. And I, I, what I was struck by watching the film was how you were able to sort of deal with the different layers of slavery that were different than what we were sort of used to seeing. Right. And it when, you know, the scene between her and her husband when she comes back right. for him and then she finds out that he's remarried and just the complications that went into just living life because one of them was free and one of them was not. Exactly. And so there were so many different layers to that. I, I thought that those relationships were really strong, particularly between um, uh, Harriet and, and I'm forgetting her, the, the, the character played by Janelle Monet. There yeah, was, they yeah, had right. such a... Because that also brought sort of a different layer of uh, of understanding between how even black people and black, you know, sort right. of related to each other. So I guess talk a little bit about some of those yeah. nuances, particularly, with, you know, with that relationship. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's what I was trying to speak to. I was yeah. trying to speak to all of the texture of African-American life and life, in mm-hmm. fact, of the period. So you would get a complete kind of different view of it because there's something like I say look I appreciate all I appreciate all those movies yeah. that have gone before but there's something a little bit um I find it slightly dehumanizing like yeah. slaves in the field picking cotton as if that was slavery because yeah. slavery is a very complex economy yeah, exactly. that involved many many different aspects and this particular group of enslaved people in the Chesapeake region that were living next to an intermarrying free people, um, I found that that fascinating and yeah. painful. Yeah. What are the choices you have to make? How much do you have to love a woman to marry an enslaved woman as a free man? Yeah. So people, historians sometimes diminish John and his love for Harriet, but he must have loved her at least yeah. at one point in order to marry somebody knowing that their children would be enslaved. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? So um, these sacrifices that people made and the and what they did for love, and I've got to say, I sh- we shot in Virginia um, in a farm where there had once been wow. numerous enslaved people, mm-hmm. and I, you can you could feel it. It was just, it was quiet. There was no freeway noise, mm-hmm. and you would just hear insects and like nature, yeah. and it was like church in a really weird way. Yeah. Because it was not just filled with pain. It, it felt, you could feel the lives of people. These are lives. Yeah. People lived and loved and had children, you know, yeah. who they might have had hope for, exactly. you know. So I wanted to really, I wanted to bring out their humanity. Mm-hmm. And, and in the story of enslaved people, there's love and, you know, and, and family. Yeah. And so the Harriet Tubman story is full of this love of family. Yeah, exactly. And I thought, okay, so everybody can relate to this. This is like our family. This yeah. is what, what wouldn't you do for your family? Yeah, you know? Exactly. And, and I found that um, very inspiring. So it's a painful story. I mean, it's a painful story. Yeah. Um, but, 
inspiring, very inspiring. Yeah, definitely. So talk to me about uh, casting mm-hmm. and uh, the incredible Cynthia Riva. What, um, what was that process? Did you, was this, was she someone that was on your mind, on your radar? She was somebody that was on the producer's mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and I was a little skeptical. So yeah. when I went in for my first meeting, they kind of tricked me into, into <laughs> taking a meeting with them um, and pretended it was a general meeting. And then I got into a meeting, and then in the middle of the meeting, Daniela Toppen-Lumberg was like, you know, Deborah Martin Chase and I are working on the Harriet story. I was like, oh, right, right, I did hear something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got, you've got this somebody you're talking to. You know, and I was kind of like, you know, I, was, I had an attitude about it. Okay, okay. And then she she put the, she pulled up this newly, this this newly this picture photograph that newly emerged of Harry Tubman, mm-hmm. which we use at the end, right? And then she slapped Cynthia's picture next to it, and I was like, oh snap! Like <laughs> that, you know, you're serious. That was my first thought. Yeah. They're serious. What was your initial hesitation or about it or about her? Just that the, as a, you know, yeah. you're a director. Like as directors, we don't want talent attached. Yeah. Like don't you know? Yeah. Come to me so before was, you talk to so talent. She was attached. So she she, was, she they had been talking to her. Yeah. Talking she her, and right? she was kind of committed okay. to the project. Okay. okay. So that's something yeah, that as as directors a, we're a little bit skeptical of. Mm-hmm. Like I would like mm-hmm. to do all of that myself. Please, thank you. Exactly. You know, um, <laughs> however. They were on to something. Mm-hmm. You know, they were on to something. And then when I met Cynthia, a great thing happened, which was I said, okay, let me just try and figure out your script. Yeah. Let me figure out your script and what I want to say, what I would want to say if I was directing the movie. Mm-hmm. And so I, I dove into the research, and Cynthia was doing back-to-back movies. So I didn't meet her until I was into the research. Mm-hmm. And by the time I was into the research, I had a picture of Harriet like I could touch her hands. Mm-hmm. Like, I had a very vivid picture yeah. of her. You know, and then Cynthia walked into the Russian tea room, and I was like, huh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Tiny, muscular, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. extreme sports, marathoner, yeah, singer, you know? She does it all. She is but she, she is And she's beast. Harriet. Yeah, yeah, and, and then there's, in talking to her, there's something that in her spirit that reminded me of Harriet. Yeah. You know, she, she just is fierce and yeah. Powerful and opinionated yeah, and strong, exactly. forceful and, um, you know, a, like a, a force of nature. Yeah. And so, you know, I know when the casting was initially announced, mm-hmm. there there were some rumblings about Cynthia being British and yeah, sort of the a, ideas around. <laughs> yeah, there's, a, there's some tiny little, <laughs> a little tiny little talk. Yeah, So. You know, I guess, you know, because I, I talked to her about it at mm-hmm, the, and, mm-hmm. and we've had some conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious, just your general, obviously you put her in the film, but mm-hmm. your general thoughts and ideas about what and where that was coming from I mean, and your, your response honestly, to it. Honestly, like, if I had, if we'd had that meeting and I had not felt her mm-hmm. and didn't feel that, that there was Harriet there, I probably would have um, said, okay, here's your script. Yeah. Uh, let me write this, but I'm not going to direct this. Yeah. Um, but I felt she was so similar physically yeah. Yeah. And, and had brought, brought so much that was similar to Harriet. Yeah. Um, even, I got to say, being West African, mm-hmm. 
you know, um, but the cheekbones and the voice. And, and I didn't know, I didn't really know Harriet being a singer was the Harriet Tubman story. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that this stuff was integral to the Harriet Tubman story. Yeah. And so once I realized, no, she has to be small. She has to be muscular. She has to be a runner. She has to be a singer, you know, and she has to be monumentally talented. Yeah. And then I'm looking at this woman and I'm going, I think this is a good idea, yeah. but I'm not going to be really, really, really sure until we go into the work. Yeah. So, you know, at night, you know, I pray like, please, please, <laughs> oh, let this woman let be as good as to let this work. But, you know, as we get into mm -hmm. rehearsals and we, st I mean, clearly we vibe, like right yeah. away we vibed, mm -hmm. right away we vibed. And then as we start talking about it, you know, she's just serious, but she's as serious as they get. Yeah. You don't get more serious than Cynthia yeah, Revo. Exactly. So every kind of preparation that you could possibly have, yeah. physical, professional, spiritual, emotional, every preparation. I mean, she came, she brought all of that with her. Yeah. And then she was open to all of our conversations. So we, we looked at her and we said, okay, let's, ch and, and I can talk like this, and I can talk this way with Cynthia. Mm -hmm. Let's channel her. Yeah. Let's study her face. Let's look at her mouth. Let's look at her. How did how did how did she get that pattern face? Yeah. Where, where did her downturn mouth come from? How does you know how do we capture? Where does her voice sound like? And we could, you know, be a little, yeah. you know, um, and my husband would call it heebie jeebie. Like yeah, we could be a little yeah, yeah. like spiritual about exactly. it, and she would she could relate on that level. Yeah. Like we we have to um, channel her and 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 bring her, yeah. and we're going to do this together. So by the first day, you know, when she shows up on set and she's she's Harriet yeah. the first day, and she had on the hat and the you know, and I'm like okay, yeah. you know, it was uh, a contract. How much of her and and I think I'm asking this as a fellow director mm -hmm. who is a fan. How much of her did you feel? Yeah, you because know, actors come at it in so many different mm -hmm. ways, and some it's about you know the physicality mm -hmm. and, and 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 how they dress and being that person, and some it's about kind of connecting. Um, what did you find was your your way or her sort of style or her approach to the the character, um, and did you feel like that was something that naturally uh, worked for you, or is that something you felt you had to sort of shape along the way? I think that I was there to to guide her through, like as directors do, mm -hmm. to guide her through the the film mm -hmm. and push her where she needed pushing, mm -hmm. and um, and and stay back where she needed space. But she's and a very intense, I, I take her in very hand, intense. You know, um, to, to just get through those, yeah. the moments of the beats of the film. But she came, so that first day when she came, that's um, Harriet, not Minty, Harriet leading this in the, it's in the montage. Yeah, that's yeah. what we shot the first day. Oh, and um, so she's leading, you know, this group of freedom seekers and, and she ran. And the, as soon as I saw her run, I was like, you know, that was the real, that was like, because I'd seen Widows, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, and I knew I didn't yeah. want that run, yeah. right? Yeah. But, and, and we knew that Harriet had this femininity mm -hmm. and um, she wasn't an athletic machine yeah. in the modern sense. Mm -hmm. She was just, um, as Cynthia says, she's just really fast. Yeah. You know? yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, mm -hmm. she, here's a woman that is um, completely of the period. Yeah. 
and completely a woman who just happens to be, because of the back-baking mm-hmm. labor that she's done, um, incredibly fast yeah. and incredibly strong. And that, to me, she just brought that authenticity. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd say her approach um, in many ways is physical. Yeah, okay. Um, but that's totally legit, yeah. man. You know, yeah. like she, you know, to physically embody a character yeah. like this is a huge thing. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, and so, you know, even as you you look at the rest of the, the cast, or at least the main cast, you have Leslie Odom mm-hmm. and incredible Janelle Monet, and and all three of them, you would uh, come from that musical yeah. music background. Um, and you talked a little bit about music and how that was a part of, you know, both the ways slaves interacted with each other, but also your storytelling. So talk to me a little bit more about music, um, the incredible Terrence Blanchard, who was your composer, and how you saw that playing, especially with some of these themes of, you know, action and, and, and these superhero qualities, but then also having to, you know, sort of balance that out with the, the person and the humanity and these personal stories as well. So what did, what was your approach to music? Was the casting of music people in somehow uh, a part of that, or was that just sort of a happy accident? Okay, the, in, in terms of casting <laughs> yeah. music people, they yeah. just happen to be incredibly talented actors yeah. that are so talented that they also, you know, yeah. have Tonys and Grammys exactly. and, and have been on Broadway. That's the way I look at, the, mm-hmm. at them. However, music to, to the story of Harriet Tubman and the story of enslaved people of that period yeah. is incredibly important. I mean, once I really realized it, because I, I didn't really know this story any better than most people. I thought I did, mm-hmm. you know, but when I really looked into it and the, the incredibly complex communication that was going on when people sang and um, that could mean many things in a way, it, yes, we're soothing each other, but we're also talking to each other. And this becomes a very sophisticated tool of resistance, yeah. you know, and, and her- a weapon of Harriet's resistance that she's able to to call to the, the, the enslaved people, I'm here, come now. No, don't come yet. That's change of verse. Mm-hmm. No, don't come yet. It's not safe. Mm-hmm. Just in the in the lyrics of the songs. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, this is this is monumental. Yeah. So that was very important for me when I was writing the script. Um, you know, Hunter actually yeah. he, he actually came down one day and he's like, you know, I think your your script reminds me of Cinnamon. And I started yeah. listening to Cinnamon. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, yeah, you know. And there was something about the. Um, the momentum of it, the driving force of it, and also the um, crescendo yeah. and the soulfulness. And so when I first called Terrence, I was like, um, I'm, I'm listening to Center Man, you know, and I feel this kind of propulsion, you know, and, um, and I kind of described it as an action film. Yeah. And, um, and then I think Terrence was very blown away by the first footage he got. So whatever he had been thinking based on what I told him yeah. and script, he got much more in watching Cynthia and watching what we had done and, um, and changed, you know, he, his, his thought process evolved yeah. on it. Yeah. But it kept, um, there's a sense of urgency, a yeah, sense of exactly. propulsion, a sense of rhythm, um, a sense of soul, mm-hmm. and a sense of, you know, American, like the, a sense of anthem yeah. and American history. And, you know, um, yeah. I wanted it big yeah. and I wanted the movie big, frankly. Exactly. 
you know, it's not a big movie. Yeah. You know, it's not yeah. a big budget. Yeah. But yeah. but I wanted a big movie experience because yeah, I thought she deserved it. It's like scope and and that's the sound as well. Yeah. You know, the scope and, and the epicness. It definitely of the has story. that kind of Copeland like yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, sort of drive to it. Yeah. Um and so as a writer, since you are you're a writer director mm-hmm. and 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 that's the sort of first part of the of how you get into a story, when you were thinking about telling the story of the life of Harriet Tubman. And obviously for all of us who are writers and directors and, and you have to tell the stories of, of uh, historical figures, how did you sort of focus on the period, the time period? Was, were there versions in you that you were going to tell as cradle-to-grave story? Were there ever... Uh, how, did, how did you sort of come to the idea that this would be... Uh, how you would tell the story of Harriet's life. There's never a cradle to grave. Yeah. Um, because I don't, I don't, I don't respond to that as yeah. well. I sometimes think you need a lens. Yeah. You know, that, that more can be revealed by using a lens that, that, um, gives you a little bit of a narrow focus. Yeah. Um, but I definitely have more in it. You know, there, I mean, I definitely had the six hour version <laughs> and then I had to, you know, I mean, there were a lot of reasons why. Yeah, how long was that why, first draft? Yeah, right. There were a lot of reasons why we were not, we were not going to be able to do, um, but my first drafts were very, very long. A good, a draft that I loved was a good 26 pages longer. Yeah, right. And so it had much more stuff in it. So it's like, what's going to be manageable? What's going to be doable within our budget and, and, and schedule, and what's going to be the most effective storytelling. Yeah. And I became very fascinated with um, just like telling the part that people think they know, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. the part any child could tell you. She escaped. Yeah. She went back to liberate others. And in, in that escape and in that liberation is the Harriet Tubman yeah. story because, because it's, it's about what you would do for freedom. Yeah. You know, are you know that she's willing to die for freedom, yeah. and and willing to die for others to be free, mm-hmm. like live free or die. Like everything I was trying to say, I came to realize. Yeah. You know, it was an evolution. Yeah. I came to realize everything that I was trying to say was contained within this most dynamic, mm-hmm. um, very active period yeah. of her life. Was there anything in that twenty-six pages you wish? Yeah, <laughs> man. It's another movie, though. That's sequel. The next one. Um, but but. Um, Definitely, I was really interested in this period. Yeah. yeah, very, very interested in like really. Can we get in and examine it? Can you get next to her when she's running back and forth, yeah. delivering people and her family? So I, I also concentrated on her family story, yeah. and and then I also thought that this is a fascinating decade. The yeah. decade before the Civil War is a fascinating decade yeah. in American history. You know, there's such turmoil and uncertainty yeah. and. Paranoia and you know all the all that stuff is happening. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, talk a little bit about uh, the production process and yeah. sort of. Uh, I guess your it, it was shot beautifully, and I, I won't I won't ask you the budget because it looked incredible. So, uh, but uh, who did you work with, and how did you come about working with uh, your DP, and and was there a particular sort of you know, sort of visual language that you were thinking about as you were thinking about Harriet Tubman and telling that story. Yeah, definitely. Um, I knew I wanted to work with Warren Allen Young because yeah. we worked together on Talk to yeah. Me. He's a wonderful production designer. 
Um, I knew I wanted to work with Terrence. Mm-hmm. You know, Paul Taswell, who's designed the costumes. Yeah, I mean, incredible. I mean, I mean yeah. incredible. Yeah. And so I had some people I wanted to work with. And then um, I knew I wanted this epic mm-hmm. feeling and an epic look. Um, I wanted it to feel much, much bigger than the budget. And um, so I was at Sundance. Sundance. I was at the, the Sundance Lab. Yeah. You know, shout <laughs> exactly. out to Sundance. Exactly. And, um, and John Toll was an advisor mm-hmm. with me, you know. And Terry Shropshire was there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Terry said, you know, you're sitting next to John Toll. <laughs> no, just ask him, you know. And I was so intimidated. You know, he's, he's done these huge movies. I, I was like, so John, so... Um, <laughs> What are you doing next? Mm-hmm. He said, you know, I don't know what I'm doing next. I said, you, you think you want to do another big movie or, or like a small movie? He said, you know, I may want to do a small movie. Yeah. And I was kind of like, do you like, like freedom? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, yeah. How do you feel about it? I have a film. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, um, but re- and of course, his eyes kind of glazed over and he pulled back. But, um, but, but I had a secret weapon, which was Michelle Satter yes. Yes. Um, really loves to show both talked to me, which you know is yeah, our movie, yeah, uh-huh. and um, and and Eve's Bayou. So that year, she showed Eve's Bayou to the advisors and the fellows. Okay. So John, who hadn't seen it, you know, saw Eve's Bayou, and so he's like. And then after that, the conversations got a little warmer, <laughs> and then finally, I said, "So John, like, do you can you recommend a, D, a DP for me? <laughs> you know, for Harriet, my freedom movie that I mean." And he said, uh, "What am I chopped liver?" <laughs> <laughs> I think I got John Toll, and 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 he basically he um you know he he asked me um to send him the script and I did and he called a week later and he said you know I really love your movie that's great you know but I have to think about it because I haven't worked like this in over thirty years I got to think about how to do your movie he said I want to do your movie but I don't want to fuck up your movie yeah yeah and um and then he called me back a couple of days later he said I think I can. Do your movie, and he did it. I mean, with this, don't ask me the budget, but like, he did not have any of the toys. We didn't have a Technocrane. What focus? You didn't give Casey out. We we had a crane. We did not have a Technocrane. We did not. I mean, he had. It was really stripped down, but they found, and he brought his guys, and they found a way of working, and um, with me, and and um, and. In a very simple way, which it, which you can see is um, time of day, mm-hmm. but time of day is very hard, right? Yeah. You have to actually be in the place yeah. at that time of day yeah, yeah, exactly. in order to get beautiful time of day. But like in a very simple way with no tricks, how do you make something yeah. epic and beautiful? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And it and it was it, it looked uh, amazing, and and you can just really see the the heart and soul mm-hmm. in this. Film. So we're we're getting ready to wrap up. So just I guess is there anything that I didn't touch on that you wanted to to maybe chat about in terms of the movie? I don't know. It's a it's been a very um, emotional movie for me, yeah. and um, a deeply important movie but I've got to say there's never been a movie that I've worked on that was easier to bring people into yeah. you know people wanted to work on yeah. Harriet That's and so it's a great gift to me to have a project that people you know everybody on any day no matter how hard it was and it was hard mm-hmm. um, knew why they were there 
everyone was there for the same reason. That's great. You know, and that is is a very beautiful experience. That's great. So, uh, what are you? Uh, what's keeping you busy now? What are you doing next? Um, well, okay. So I I I'm, I have finished the um, my work on um, miniseries about uh, Madam C J Walker. Yeah. I directed the first two of a four part uh, on Madam C.J. Walker. If you don't know who she is, yeah, she was, yeah, she was exactly, dope. Exactly. The first self made exactly. um, black female black millionaire in yes, hair care product, Octavia Before Spencer, no. <laughs> Blair Underwood, <laughs> Tiffany Haddish, uh-huh. Garrett Morris, Carmen Jogo. It's dope. That's pretty incredible. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so. Yeah. Harriet, like Madam C.J. Walker, yeah. what's next? What's next? We got to get the whole. Well, this I'm going to say, um, this is the first time in my life that I went 18 months um, that I was either in production, yeah. post, or, or prep. Yeah. Um, and I, I didn't stop. And then I went immediately into a press tour. And so I'm going to te- I'm teach, I'm a, a full professor yeah. at NYU grad film, and I'm, I'm teaching in the spring. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, it, I am. I'm so excited for this and and all your work, uh, and it's 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 a crime in Hollywood that she hasn't been making films every year. But I'm glad when they come out. <laughs> and so, um, so thank you for this, uh, and and much success with it. It was an important story, and you're an incredible voice, and yeah. We'll be back here for your next one, I'm sure. Thank you. Thanks so much. (laughs) Thanks for listening to another DGA Q&A. If you'd like to hear more, you can find past episodes of The Director's Cut wherever you listen to podcasts. Stay tuned for more great Q&As with directors Ryan Johnson and Sam Mendes. And be sure to subscribe, rate, and review us. We'd love to hear your feedback, and you can help fellow cinephiles find the show. Thanks again for listening and have a great week. This podcast is produced by the Directors Guild of America. Music is by Dan Wally. 